hey, I'm Dane from Seattle, Washington. So I woke up and saw the notification on my phone. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to listen to this. And there were like so many moments from it that I was just like, oh my gosh. Like I remember when Michael had first posted the Dreamix photos and like everybody lost their minds. And so like the fact that he brought that up brought back such like a core memory to like something that I remember feeling. And I just thought that was so cool. Like, wow, wow, <laughs> amazing. I'm so excited for part two. Like, this was like such a refreshing start to my morning. Hey there, welcome to the Winx Forever podcast. I'm Lola, creator, host, and lifelong Winx fan. I'm inviting you to take a deep dive into the very cool universe of Winx Club. So whether you've been a fan since 2004, like myself, or you vaguely remember the show from your childhood, or even if you're being introduced to it for the first time, welcome. This is the Winx Forever podcast. Wow, friends, we have arrived. <laughs> Welcome to the 10th episode of season two of the Winks Forever podcast. Um, my name is Lola. I am your host. But not only is this the 10th episode and the season finale episode of season two, but it is also the 20th episode of the Winks Forever podcast. What is this? What on earth? Um, I know I say it literally all of the time but honestly thank you so so much for just all of the kind words and support that you guys have shown for me and this fun podcast and this project it's been a joy to get to do and i can't wait to do even more of it so after this episode i might take a short break in between the seasons but don't you worry i will have some supplement content um in the interim uh and so you will want to be following my social media channels for that content you can find me at winks forever podcast on all the social media platforms instagram twitter youtube um all the places so make sure that you follow me there i want to give a quick shout out to dane for sending me that sweet message about the previous episode the part one of our conversation with michael of michael's winks i'm so excited to have him back on this week for the part two of our conversation we dive into some amazing stories that he has to share with um, meeting a genio for the first time, his interactions in the licensing expos, and even to getting to go to the Winx Club reunion in Italy. And it's just been such a wild time getting to hear these stories. So I'm super excited to be able to share them with you now. Um, so without further ado, here is part two of my conversation with Michael of Michael's Winx Club. guys welcome back to the winks forever podcast i'm your host lola and we are continuing our conversation this week with our very cool friend og winkser and creator of the popular winks fan site that ran for 15 years michael's winks club um michael hey, welcome back um gosh you have so many uh, fun stories and just Winks experiences to share that we just couldn't fit it all into one episode <laughs> that's right we ran out of time and i was like oh 
I have so many more scary stories to share. It's like, well, let's keep going. Now we get to talk some more about Wave Club and like, who doesn't like that? So, right, exactly. On. That's why we're all here. That's right. <laughs> Oh, man. So throughout the years, you got to experience quite a lot of unique opportunities with the Winx team at Rainbow. Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Like, how did you like start to get involved with the Winx Club team at their events and with uh, licensing expos? Like what was like the first introduction? So believe it or not. um, So I've told the story before and people like still don't believe me, but this is how it really happened. Eugenio Strafi is the one who found my website and contacted me, and that's how we started a dialogue. Stop! It, it literally started just like that. He sent me an email, you know, here's who I am, I'm the creator, I found your website, you know, and so we started what a dialogue. What year was that? Uh, it was shortly after my site was up, maybe wow. uh, a few weeks or less. It was, it was pretty quick. He was on so, it. If, if he's, yeah, if, if he's researching to figure out what are people saying, you know, right. that kind of stuff. And so you got to remember the internet back then, you know, yeah. there, there wasn't a lot. And there were some Wink sites, but they were just links to other places. They weren't like actual sites. Right. So my yeah. site was an actual site. It had uh, images and it had character bios and, you know, things like that. You know, things that you, know, you would expect to see i guess at a fan site depending on what kind of it is there might have been some blogs that were part of other larger blogs uh and whatnot but yes you know Eugenio strafi actually contacted me first and that's how we started a dialogue and so i would get news or something i would send it to him and i was sending it to him quite often and so it was it was a little while later where you know winks was picking up all over the world and he couldn't stay in touch with me all the time like he wanted to. Right. Uh, so there were other marketing people and stuff that he got me to interact with uh, and, and whatnot to free him up to do other things and stuff too. So what was your reaction to that? I mean, you lit. So, so for, for reference timeline, you saw promos for Minx Club. You saw the show premiere. You yes. six days later launched your website. So, yes like launched it like what didn't even start on it like it was live six days after and then just weeks later the creator of the show reaches out to you like what on earth was your reaction to that so it's one of those where you hope it's real (laughs) and then when you find out it is you're like holy cow this is for real i'm actually talking to a ceo and the the creator of a show that I fell in love with. Like, how awesome is that? You know, and it's not to make my head bigger or anything like that. You know, that actually really happened. And what was even, you know, more um, wonderful to enjoy was that he was so appreciative of not only having a fan site, you know, to, to reach out to the fans, but to share the news with him that he couldn't get through other avenues because he actually had a person like, you know, boots on the ground, like actually yeah. someone in the US that could tell him, when did you see merchandise on the shelves? Or what were the rating numbers for last Saturday's episode? Yeah. You know, things like that, that I had easy access to that him and his team necessarily didn't have easy access to. 
Right. So I became a conduit of information. You literally were boots on the ground for them in America. You were like their exactly. Intel guy. Oh my right. gosh. Yeah. You know, I could go to Walmart, uh, take a picture and say, you know, here's how much merchandise space, you know, that Winx Club has dedicated you know, a two foot section, four foot section, you know, three shelves, two shelves, whatever, you know, here's how much space they had at uh, Toys R Us, you know, things like that that you couldn't get unless someone was actually there. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, that gets expensive flying, you know, um, you know, once a week just to see how much spell sh- shelf, sh- shelf space. Wow. I can't talk <laughs> shelf space. You have like just in Walmart, you know, like who you do is not going to do that every day. <laughs> so, so that makes total sense. Right. So in the last podcast, and I was talking about how I created my site and what I had to learn and stuff as part of the research that you would do to look for news and things was, I learned how to find the, the Nielsen ratings numbers. It's yeah. not something that's really easily found. And the, the algorithms that they used to come up with, you had 1.2 million viewers or in this yeah. demographic and whatever. I mean, it, it, it's a little complicated. They might have an easier way to do it now. Uh, and there's Nielsen rating stories to share later too. But learning that stuff and then being able to report on it and provide it was extremely helpful. Yeah. to the rainbow yeah. stats so that things like that you know that we think might be trivial or whatever was so appreciative on their end yeah oh, how fun and you just you were just there for the ride like you got to experience like winks almost from the inside like that's right. amazing <laughs> yes and i remember uh it had been not quite a year and they asked me they says are you going to the licensing show in new york and i'm like what is that I am now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't know what it was. And right. uh, so it's so, and, and it was going to be in a few weeks or so. And so uh, I was able to get a train ticket and essentially take the Amtrak, you know, five hours up the East Coast uh, and, you know, find a hotel and stuff and went to the show. And I didn't know the licensing industry, I didn't even really know what kind of an expo it was. Right. And, uh, right. Until I got there. And when I got there for the first time in New York, it was at the Javits Convention Center. Um, so those that are familiar, it's a pretty small convention center compared to others. Yeah. But it's jam-packed full of booths and banners and lights and, you know, music and all kinds of stuff of all the different, you know, heavy hitters promoting movies that won't come out for a couple years and current TV shows that they're trying to get more merchandise for and things like that. And you know, I was amazed of the, the whole entertainment business from that point of view. Right. So when you think about any cartoon, like pick any cartoon, like Care Bears or Transformers or something, you know, if your company makes lunchboxes and you want to put the Transformers logo on your lunchbox, you go to a show like this to meet with the companies that own the license yeah. so that you can buy the rights to that license to use their logos and imagery on your product and then you negotiate a percentage of those sales that go back to the owners of those logos and whatnot. So it can get pretty complicated. So when you think about keychains, lunchboxes, shoes, dresses, hats, helmets, toys, dolls, whatever, those companies have to buy the rights for that imagery to make those products. And you go to a, a show like the licensing expo and sometimes you have less than 30 minutes to make your pitch that wow. here's my company. Here's what I do. 
Here's the other licenses, licenses that I already hold. The other companies I'm already working with. Here's examples of my product. We're interested in Winx Club or Hunting or Monster Allergy or Mia and Me or uh, 44 Cats or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? And so we're negotiating so that I can buy the rights to put that imagery on my product and sell it. And then you get a portion of the right. so you, no. you negotiate that stuff well in advance. That's why right. that's why you'll see banners for movies like coming out, you know, in 2024. Well, if they don't start the licensing stuff now, yeah. they won't have merchandise on the shelf when the movie premieres, you know, <laughs> at the time. So it's, it's a timing game too. Yeah, for sure. Now so, our expo shows, um, are they still as relevant or pre- prevalent um, today as they were back then? I mean, with like the internet and how accessible things are that way? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Interesting. In, in that kind of business, the face-to-face interaction is so important. Wow. Uh, because I can show you something, you know, on this video feed, here's what it might look like. But unless right. you can hold it in your hand and get your own look and feel yourself, yeah, have a different perspective on whether this company can produce what they're saying or not. Sometimes we that call it makes sense. We call it vendor claims. Okay, you know, trust but verify. Yeah, yeah. So a vendor might claim they can make this great keychain, but until I see it, and hold it in my hand. Yeah. You know, okay. Yes, I agree. This is good quality. What we're looking for. Let's make a deal. That makes so sense. That face-to-face interaction is really important. Yeah. And the place, the expo is like the premier one for it. And there's another one that's in Germany for like, the, there's a big book fair that yeah. Germany is real famous for. And so Rainbow has a huge booth there and it's nothing but the magazines and the, the books wow. and things like that. Like that's yeah. what that show is for, you know, amazing. Um, and the licensing expo, I mean, there's so much there. There's a huge section of nothing but artists. So yeah. If you make calendars and you want to use someone's artwork, you buy the rights to it to put in your calendar. You negotiate how much you know they get out of it and stuff. Hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot to it that people just don't don't realize. That's fascinating. Oh my goodness! And so they kind of like ask you, "Hey, are you going to the show in New York?" You said, "I am now." You <laughs> hopped on a you hopped on a train. Yeah, on Five a train. hours later, you're yep. there. Got a hotel. So. It's a normal three-day show, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And so normally people will fly in on Monday, do the expo three days, fly home on Friday. That's kind of the typical uh, schedule and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I went there first day. The doors open at 8.30. And we go in and there's a map where all the booths are. Here's Hasbro. Here's Mattel. Here's Warner Brothers, you know, and stuff. So you find where Rainbow is. And there's a little itty-bitty square, you know, on this big yeah. map. You know, and that this was their, I think this was their first USA show. And so, you know, found the booth and they, they had the booth next to, or part of where they had this big column, you mm-hmm. know, wires and, and stuff. Yeah. And part of, so when they built the booth, they, they enclosed that column. So you have Winx Club characters going up. Oh, nice. The column, their faces. And that was really cool. And their, their booth was a bright yellow to, I guess, get people's attention. Yeah. And they had these real little tables and these little kids' like chairs. And, you know, I saw the booth and of course I'm all like, look at those characters, I know who those are and stuff, you know, yeah. and everything. And so um, I get, I meet the, the person that I have been in touch with a lot and I got to meet 
uh, Eugenio Strafi and his wife, Joanne Lee. Yeah. I've been to many, many Star Trek conventions, Awesome Con, the pop culture. I've met many, many actors and actresses. I have several hundred autographs. You know, you don't get starstruck that often when you have like that much experience. So when I met Strafi, I could barely get a word out, you know, because, you know, here's someone that created a show uh, that was real, you know, dear to my heart. And you just wanted to say thank you. And I couldn't yeah. freaking spit out. Thank you. you know? <laughs> so he, he says the first word and then I, of course, you know, snap back into reality. Right. You know, great to meet you. Handshake. You know, I love the show. You know, I love such and such floors, my favorite character. And Eugenio's like, Floor is my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we, we, we talked for a little bit. And then, of course, shows like that, it, it, it's all business. And so they were oh, yeah. running off to a meeting at some other booth or something somewhere. And so, you know, I got the chance to walk around and enjoy the, the expo and visit it from time to time. Uh, and it was a really great experience to really introduce me to the whole licensing industry and how it ties yeah. in to the entertainment industry and you know how they're so intertwined i mean it's, it's so super important that people just don't think about or even think about how yeah. it works and how the deals are made or stuff so when the following summer came around i was like i'm definitely going you know this year again oh yeah so i did the same thing um I don't think I flew. I think I took the train again because it was easier and cheaper and I could sleep yeah. and all that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I took the train, had a hotel and all that. So I go there. So this is, um, Winx Club had been out for a year and a half or, or two or so. So this okay, is my yeah. second expo. So like and, season two is like probably yeah. either so they had premiered slightly, or about to premiere. Yeah. So they had a slightly bigger booth and this time they had closet space. So the, so here's why that's important. So the year before, when they put out all their merchandise to display, they threw all their boxes away. Oh, well, no. at the end of the show, when it was time to pack up so the stuff could get shipped back to Italy, we're like, we don't have any boxes. Where are the boxes? Yeah. And so we had to scramble around to find boxes so that we could pack the stuff up. Oh. They learned from that. So this time their booth had a closet where they put their broken down boxes so they would have that <laughs> and tape. So yep. that they could pack the stuff up to ship back on a pallet and whatever else. There's a whole process for that with the labeling and ugh, when they pick up the pallet, <laughs> shrink wrap it and all that stuff. I mean, right. some of that can be real complicated too. And so the second one I went to, um, the booth wasn't as bright for the colors, but they had more lighting. You okay. know, so again, you learn as you go. So yeah. I think they got some feedback from last year where people thought it was too bright, like a Christmas tree or something <laughs> and so they kind of toned down the colors a little bit, but we're still able to represent and then more advertise that it's from Italy. And now that it had been out for a little while, there's a little more recognition, more people mm-hmm. stopping by. So when I finally make my way down to the Rainbow Booth on the first day of the second expo I was at, they had five people there. They were all busy at tables in meetings. And I kid you not, they had a line of 12 people at their right. booth waiting to talk to somebody to do something or whatever yeah so i saw there was a need and so i walked up i literally went behind the booth and started helping the people and really that's how it started wow and back then they had kind of like a blocker in between the booth and where all the tables were <laughs> so no one that was working could see the line out front 
They didn't know right. it was a line. Oh, so when man. I went up and started helping, just to help them out and get yeah. you know, caught up with everything, you know, they said, why don't you stick around? And I was like, I'm up for that. Would love to, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's really how it started. So it wasn't that, you know, I invited myself. They, they knew who I was. We had built up a trust over time. And so they trusted me to help them out. And it was yeah. my pleasure to volunteer to help out. So I took vacation time from work to go and, wow. you know, work the booth. And to me, it wasn't work. I got to talk about Winx Club for three days. I mean, that's yeah. freaking awesome. <laughs> you know, and I got to meet all these CEOs and all these inventors from all these different companies, you know, that, that want to get a piece of the action. Yes. And so being at that front booth, you're the first person they talk to. So at one point, Eugenio says, you know, you're the face of rainbow. And I was like, let's not get carried away here. And he's like, no, really. When, when they come up, you're the one that gives them the first impression mm -hmm. of what rainbow is all about. So if you're not a nice guy, they're going to think rainbow is, you know, somebody they don't want to deal with. Yeah. So that man. first impression makes all the difference. So again, that face-to-face -face interaction is so important that you can't really get when you're trying to sell a product, you know, virtually. Yeah. Oh. And so wow. that's how it started. And then I would be in charge of the master schedule. And if someone came up that had a new product idea that I thought had merit and yeah. there was open slot on the calendar, then I could, I had the permission to schedule those new meetings. Oh, so, okay. So here's where it gets really interesting that people might not understand. So when you have licensing agents, everybody has their own specialty. So when Rainbow sends five or six or seven people, however many it is, there could be one person in charge of marketing, one person in charge of fashion, one person in charge of small toy, one person in charge of outdoor, one person in charge of electronics. So you had to make sure that if you were scheduling a new meeting, that it was with the right person. Right. So you can't just do that, you know, out of thin air, you know. <laughs> so this was something else that I essentially skill sets that I brought to the table with my extensive knowledge and research in creating the merchandise section of my site. I had the product knowledge of what was out there and what mm -hmm. wasn't, what was popular in what countries and what was wow. it, what was in what region and what wasn't. And so if someone came up and said, we're interested in doing tennis shoes. Okay, so for what region? Region one, USA market. Well, if Winx Club already has an agreement with a licensee that's already doing tennis shoes, yeah, I can't have another one. <laughs> so now you have a, a conflict and stuff. And so if you mm -hmm. don't know that, then you're just wasting their time. Right. And so have, bringing that knowledge to the table helped weed out what they didn't need and focus on what they did need. Wow. And then again, that was something they were extraordinarily appreciative. For of. sure. And Especially someone that didn't seriously. have to train. Yeah. Someone that yeah. was like boots on the ground, like ready to go. Like, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. So I brought a lot of product knowledge, you know, to the table. In addition, of course, you got to see the booth and the imagery mm -hmm. and you got to see some things behind the scenes and, and things oh, yeah. like that. Wow. So again, it was a trust factor. So if they were going to show me something that they were working on and they asked me not to talk about it, 
they trusted me not to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. So there were things that I knew that I couldn't put on my news page because they trusted <laughs> me to keep it to myself because yeah. they were really big on not letting the leaks out. So anytime something leaked out, you know, they didn't get upset about it because that wasn't part of the plan. <laughs> right. Yeah. <gasps> that's funny. Wow. So that's how, that's how it started. Be working at the booth. You're listening to the Winks Forever podcast. If you have been wanting to be on the Winks Forever podcast, well, now you can. Leave me a question over on my speakpipe.com forward slash Winks Forever podcast. Make sure that the message is 30 seconds to one minute long and that you include your name and where you're from. I'm super excited to hear from you. But you weren't just involved with licensing expos. You were also involved in helping create ideas for some of the episodes. So after season two, you sent some some episode ideas to Rainbow. And um, I know of of one of them was the large digit. Um, Did any, did any other ideas that you pitched get published yeah, or so, did... so the, the digit one was because i was a fan of digit right you know, obviously was like, yeah. you know and of course the, the pixies are small and the the tricks would pick on them and stuff and also i was like you know what what if there was an episode where one of them just got really big and then what kind of trouble they would get into because yeah. they're not used to being so big and so it was just something they worked into an episode um it, it wasn't quite what I had in mind, but the fact that they even considered it uh, was just like so heartwarming. So near the end of season two, I was having all these ideas. I was like, you know what, if I was doing this, what ideas would I have? You know, and one of the episodes I remember seeing was that when Red Fountain got the new ship uh, in season two, it was a bigger one. And then they had the one that came up and it's like, you know, they travel between planets on the ship. It's like, well, what if we had a Winx episode in space? You know, oh. how would Stella feel if she was in an astronaut suit and she couldn't fly? And, you know, and she's, you know, going all over the place. There's no gravity or something. Yeah. Like, how hilarious would that be? So I had ideas like that that I was just, you know, spitting off the top so of my you, head. So you kind of like put into motion season eight? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, but it was one of those things where I was just thinking like, you know, what, what I've already seen. Yeah. And if I was asked to create something for an, a future episode, what would I think of? And of course, right. one of them that lots of people were saying was, you know, Flora needs a boyfriend. You know, that was pretty <laughs> obvious. So yeah. I had that included anyway. And uh, Mr. Strafi actually responded to that one. And he said, we've got something in the world. <laughs> so I knew, I knew in advance yeah. that they, they were already planning that one. Um, but the large digit was the big one for me. Like, I really liked that one. I had several ideas that I don't remember, uh, but yeah. I think having the, the Wink Space episode was one that I really remembered because I thought it would be f- funny for Stella to be in an astronaut suit and she can't have her wings because she's all, you know, right. in a suit and floating around with no gravity and trying to, you know, 
I just thought that would be hilarious. And that was an idea that you know, obviously didn't make it to the drawing board, but it was one that I know I thought of that I sent. Oh, incredible. Yeah. That's great. Well, what was your yeah reaction like when you saw season three and you saw, you know, episode 20 with, with yeah. the big the digit, digit and you're like, I was like, that was my idea. Like, look, look, look. And of course, I'm the only one in the room. <laughs> like, look, look. <laughs> so I, I was ecstatic. I, I was super happy. I was like, that's my idea. That's my idea. Uh, and then oh, we were able to work goodness. it in. So as Mr. Stravi told me the story, he took the ideas that I had and he sent them to um, like the, the storyboard room or the, the, the writer's room or yeah, the, the writer's room that they have a different yeah. name for it and stuff. And so it was essentially just a bunch of ideas and it kind of just made the blanket statement, you know, take a look at these and see if there's anything that you can use from it. Yeah. So it wasn't saying use that one. I like that one. You know, he was letting the, the creative team, take a look and see, was there anything that made sense? Was yeah. there something that could work? Because they were already working on season three by the time they got right. my list. That's yeah. why if they were able to use it, it came so late in the season because they were already several way, you know, a lot of it in it already. Right. So when I saw the big digits, I was like, oh, my <laughs> So I'm super excited about that one. So, yes. Oh. Incredible. Well, I know you've also mentioned like the Winx reunion and um, visiting Rainbow Magic Land and uh, Rainbow Headquarters. Like, tell me about some of that. Like, what was that experience about? So when I turned 40, everybody at work is saying you have to do something. You you, you have to go on a trip. You have to do something to celebrate your 40th birthday. And I'm like, all right. So that was when the first Winx reunion was coming up. And I was like, yeah, going to Italy. (laughs) So, Done. <laughs> I, yep, so I was able to uh, go to Italy, go to the first Winx reunion. Um, I'd known a lot of the staff for many, many years that were still there. Because, you know, in any business, some come and go. Yeah. It just depends on, you know, what they want to do with their career, things like that. And so there were some that were there I've known for many years. And I got to go to all the events. I got to meet all the 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 uh, models that were hired to play the different uh, Winx characters. Yes. The girl that played Roxy was an extraordinary singer. And so they had her doing a lot of solos uh, and stuff as separate side events and whatnot. Um, But I got to go to all the the activities and the events and the special cocktail party at the end of one night. Incredible. um, That I got to go to at uh, Mr. Straffy and his wife, Ms. Lee, They, they flew in you know, for it. And there was special uh, photo ops and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so that was like a big thing just for uh, the staff and some VIPs and, you know, things like that. So I got to be a part of that, uh, that I didn't even know until I was on the bus to to go. So I had been working earlier. So I was still in shorts and a soccer shirt. I wasn't like dressed to go to a cocktail party (gasps) And, and it's raining heavily outside and stuff too. So when we get there and we have to run in, you know, so we don't get so wet and we get there and we're like, wow, look at this elegant place. You know, this is top notch, you know, stuff. And of course I'm there in shorts and a soccer shirt, wet from the rain, trying to dry off before I actually go in. Um, so that's funny. Oh my uh, Another funny story at the Winx reunion. So the, the girl who played Bloom, her name was Martina. So they had just finished a show on a stage in like this big open area. 
So around it were like the different shops and stuff. So think of like Manhattan, New York City, and you take a, a park section in the middle and then you've got the kind of the city around it. Yeah. And they had a stage like that. So there was a stage there um, where they had the, the live shows. And so Martina had to make it to a coffee shop so that they could film like a, a, a tea, not a tea ceremony, but having tea and talking, uh, the person interviewing Bloom and things like that. And it yeah. started to rain. So <sighs> I happened to be there and I have my umbrella. So I'm escorting Bloom with my umbrella. So her, her makeup doesn't get wet, her hair doesn't make up and you know, it doesn't get wet, her costume doesn't get wet. And I'm escorting her with my umbrella down to this coffee shop so they could film this scene uh, in there, and of course, we couldn't go in because it was closed off, lighting, and right. you know, high stuff. But I got to watch from the window on the outside. Oh, so wow. it's little little things like that that I helped with that most people don't know about. So, so, so what I'm hearing <laughs> is that you are literally like a genius man for like to be at the right place at the <laughs> right time for like pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, I actually helped on a, on a bunch of things too. So again, it didn't feel like work for me. It was fun. Right. Yeah. So I got a free uh, rainbow bag out of it. Oh. So I'm these big styrofoam banners in these bags so that they didn't have to. Yeah. And we would go to the different events where the the different Winx girls were doing uh, photo ops and stuff, whether it was on the beach or yeah. out of the water on a jet ski or whatever. And we would bring these big styrofoam things that had their character names on them. Oh, and fun. Stuff. And so like, the kids would swarm, you know, <laughs> to, to get hugs and pictures and yeah. things like that. So we were helping uh, with those different events. And that was fun. And there was a, a Winx live action um, show. It wasn't the Winx power show. It was another theatrical Winx thing. So there was what, like th that Thursday night or whatever. They actually flew those actors in. And there was a separate wow. uh, outdoor auditorium, full stage, the sound system, everything. So they were able to put on the show. Of course, it's in Italian and I didn't understand any of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to see it live of them actually performing, you know, the Winx show on stage. And that oh. was awesome. So that one of those, so you had fun. to be there. Really, really enjoyable. Oh my goodness. I love that. It's, uh, and then Rainbow Magic Land, you got to actually experience yes. Elfia Castle. <laughs> so there were several um, Russian reps that were also invited to the Winx reunion. So yeah. they were there too. So at the end of the reunion, uh, those reps and some of the Wink staff, the Rainbow staff and myself all piled into a, a big van that they had rented <gasps> and, they and they drove to Rainbow Magic Land. And so we got the full VIP treatment. So the head marketing person, and I won't use the Rainbow staff's names for privacy and whatnot, but we got the full VIP treatment uh at rainbow magic land so we got to go to any ride we wanted you know first in line uh take pictures wherever uh we got to see you know everything in the park so when we got to the wings club section in the back of the park first thing i do is go up the stairs on one side all the way to the top turn around and say welcome to alfia <laughs> oh, wow. oh my big like picture moment that makes um, my heart so yeah. happy. Oh, 
That's magical. Yeah. What a time that yes. must have been. So we got to see, you know, at the time, of course, it was later in the fall. Uh, so they didn't have the full Winks class like they did in the summer when there's more people in there stuff. So yeah. they had three people dressed up as uh, Bloom, Flora, and Stella. And they did their performance where they come down yeah. the stairs and, you know, dance and sing and, and all that. So we got to see that and, and that was fun. But we got mm. to, and what was neat about the park was that each section of the park represented one of their licensed products. So there was a hunting section, yeah. a monster allergy mm. section, uh, the pop pixie section for the little kids. Oh, um, yeah. Althea, and then some, some others. Oh, that's so And of course, magical. there was a big merchandise store that they couldn't pull me out of because oh, I yeah, to look for at sure. everything. You, gosh, did you come out of there just like with like bags and bags of stuff? I had some stuff, yeah. <laughs> and then of oh. course at the reunion too, they were selling products that were just for the reunion, like lanyards and oh my goodness, yeah. Like so I had a bag full. And then after Rainbow Magic Land, we went to a strip mall. Uh some of the Russian reps wanted to have a chance to shop for Italian clothes or whatever. Yeah. So we went to this mall and we all kind of split up and I was going around and I found a, I think it was a Geo Prisley store. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and so I walk in and the first thing I see is this huge bloom on the back wall. And I was like, I know what store <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. So in there they had all the, the Winx Lego sets and all the different things <gasps> and stuff among other things, but that's yeah. all I, and oh so I was my like, gosh. Oh. Like, how much could I fit in my suitcase? You know, <laughs> from all just the ships other an entire so, crate back to America. <laughs> yeah. So it was trying to find small things or a Lego set that I could fit in my suitcase and take back yeah. with me. So I was able to spend a lot of time in that store. Uh, oh but I found a couple things that I could take back, and um, and then after that, we went to the hotel uh, in Loretto, and then they had care packages in the rooms for all of us. Oh, so, uh, in the care package uh, was like a, a rainbow folder, one of the expensive dolls uh, that, you know, they're just hard to find. Yeah. Some other little stuff, you know, Wings tissues <sighs> and you know, whatnot. So I was going through all that on my bed and stuff. If you are enjoying this episode of the Winks Forever podcast, consider following us on your preferred streaming platform so that you're notified when new episodes are released. The next day is when I got to visit HQ, the headquarters. Yes. So we meet there at a, at a specific time and the Russian reps are all there too. And Rainbow had hired a translator so she was there as well. So she could translate wow. from Russian to Italian and vice versa. I'm yeah. the English guy, so I know. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, English was the more universal language used. It just wasn't right. used all the time. And so if they didn't understand something, the translator was there. And so, again, this is top-notch business professional. You know, this is how we do things. Yeah. They're extraordinarily strict at no photography in the headquarters. Oh, I can imagine. You know, there's there's um, signs everywhere. No pictures, no photos. Yeah. 
And so you, you know, even if you wanted to sneak something, you couldn't. I mean, that's just ironclad. Just how it yeah. was. So they don't want right. the leaks. They don't want uh, another company getting a jump on them if they find yeah. out something they're doing or using or whatever. Yeah, that's just business works. So I get that. So when we went to each section, you know, of the headquarters. So remember, this is the new one. So mm-hmm. if you saw the video on their official site where they watched it being built, yeah. and it, a lot of it was based off of Flora to be more uh, energy efficient, lots of windows, solar panels, you know, yeah. things like that. Um, and so it, it's it's so different on the inside than from the outside. Wow. And it's three stories and there's an elevator in there. Maybe it's four stories, but anyway. Um, so we go to each section. So we go to like the marketing section. And there were people there that I knew that weren't at the reunion or they hadn't been into expo in a while, but yeah. you know, still knew who each other were. So after they did the intros and here's what they do, I'm off giving hugs and saying hi to all these other people that I know while the group's going off. And so I got to run and catch up to them for the next section. The next section might be, here's where HR is. Okay. No one wants to meet them. You know, <laughs> um, here's where legal is. Here's where, um, the fashion designers and the you know heads of fashion sit and all and so you know again i got some more people that i knew for a while that their names are in the credits of the show (laughs) and i know them um we go to where they do some of the storyboarding uh they get ideas for you know what type of wings to use color schemes um they have a, a catalog that they call um style guide so they had a separate section of where the style guides are made because that essentially drives everything else all the imagery marketing materials things like that uh what colors are the 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 shoes that someone wears in a particular episode in their show like that's all done in advance yeah style guides so there's a separate section for that separate section for video editing they have a small little uh auditorium with like a movie screen yeah. where they screen things and get people's impressions and ideas and stuff. So I had to sit in there. And I also got the chance after the Russian reps left, I got to see the very first episode of, um, darn it, it escapes me. What was the series they did with the, the, the girl with the blonde hair and she oh, went through um, the, the keyhole or the, she went to the other um, realm, if you will. Um, uh, Royals, Royals High or something? Anyway, I got to see the first episode of that. But what I saw was the first like draft of it. So how she entered that world, by yeah. the time I saw the, the actual first episode that aired, they had changed how, how she did it. Oh, and wow. so I got to see like that prototype version of incredible. You know, how yeah. she entered that world and then how they finalized it was, was different. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, that creative thinking and stuff, you know, so yes. oh, I can't think of it. It's driving me nuts at the moment. It'll come to <laughs> me I know an exactly hour later when we're about. done. I'll text you and say, I know what it is now. Uh, <laughs> but in any case, I'm sure people will correct me in the comments. So <laughs> you know, it, nobody's it it. But anyway, that was a nice thing. So I got, I got to have a chance to speak with, you know, Eugenio one-on-one. And of course I know all of his uh, executive assistants. 
Yeah. And so we were out chatting about stuff and they were showing me pictures of where they invited the Italian prime minister to the HQ and the pictures wow. they took. Yeah. You know, I got to see that kind of stuff that doesn't normally <sighs> make its way out unless it's advertised or something. Right. So they were showing me things like that. And then I finally got to go into his office and he's got a, a section of the trophies and uh, awards that he's won, you know, for the properties that have, have earned them. And it's just a small portion. They can't really display them all um, right. from what I was told. So he has a beautiful office, obviously, you know, executive suite, like any CEO would have. And we're chatting like normal guys. And mm. I was wearing a blue shirt that was, I was a light blue polo that was kind of colors like the Italian soccer team. So we were talking about soccer uh, yes. you know, and stuff, just kind of hanging out. Um, and so that was a, you know, wonderful experience. And then I got some one-on-one time with Joanne Lee and, you know, she's real hardcore business. Like she really knows her stuff. So oh, when yeah. it's like executive producer, Joanne Lee at the beginning credits, you know, she's got, you know, a big deal uh, involvement and, and she does. And, you know, again, she has a nice office too. So they're separate because they, they do different things mm-hmm. and they don't want to get in each other's way and stuff too. But you still can't go up and talk to him without a scheduled meeting. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I had to get booked in the schedule so I could have some one-on-one time to, to chat with her. And she was asking about the reunion and, you know, how the show was going and enjoying my time in Italy and things like that. Um, I was also interviewed by one of the Rainbow marketing staff. Nice. Where she was asking me questions about the reunion. So if there were pros or cons, things to learn from. So that if they do another one, which we know they yeah. did, yeah. You know, what could they improve on? What, what could they do to make it better? And so I was able to provide feedback and input. <laughs> you were like, the actresses needs umbrellas. <laughs> that, it's just the weather. It rained, I think, almost every yeah. night of the reunion. <laughs> but that's just how it was. It was beautiful all day, beach weather. And then of it would course. Yeah. It so they, they, so they interviewed me and I told them my experiences, you know, obviously I've, I'm a visitor in the country, so I'm not from around here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that kind of, those kinds of things. So I was bringing a different perspective as well. Yeah. Uh, besides, you know, everything being in Italian and I can't read anything. And back then there were no translators on your phone. I mean, you right. know. <laughs> Uh, I had an iPhone four back then too. So oh, man, real, real small. Someone trying to take pictures. Of <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then of course I had to, where my flight was coming back was in a totally different city. So rainbow got me the train tickets and I had to swap trains. Nice. Uh, and, stuff. and I had to take a taxi for like an hour and something. Uh, to get to, I think it was a Kona to get on the first train to go to SWAT to get to the city where my plane was to fly. <laughs> so, so. You just had a whole, a whole adventure, a whole magical adventure. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there were a lot of stories. It was fun. Yep. my face when you were talking about rainbow magic land like literally (laughs) jaw dropped the entire time like i'm telling you like my dream as a kid i mean was just like i'm gonna grow up and get adult money so i can go to rainbow magic land that's right but i'm gonna visit althea i'm gonna see where bloom's dorm is 
exactly. know, I'm going to see where they practice. Oh. I want to see Miss Farragonda's classroom. Oh my yeah. gosh. You know, I'll just have to settle for building Alfia Castle on my Animal Crossing game and, you know, call right. it a day. So. Like some Legos and, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, oh my goodness. No, that was like my big 40th birthday celebration. Yes. Doing something and <sighs> that was it. Like it was enjoying um, Italy and Rainbow's Hospitality. Yes. Very grateful for those memories. That is truly special. And I love to hear that about the top man, like how just gracious and like, you know, he's, he seems and, and um, I mean, I mean, even in like the interviews that um, he has done this year, which I've been very surprised to, to see him doing mm-hmm. interviews because he's a very private person. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. So for him to be front facing like this and doing these interviews has been really something this year. It's been a treat almost like I've, I've yeah. loved hearing from him directly um, addressing some of these things. And so, um, yeah, like uh, just hearing how much he does care for, because, you know, it, it, it feels sometimes it does, yeah. as a fan that like, you know, you see all these changes to your favorite fairy show and you see all these things happening to the franchise. And you're like, why is this different? Why are these things happening? Why does no one care about it but me? But like, it's not true. Right. And it's like, <laughs> it's really, it's really cool to see like the heart that does go into it and behind it and how much, you know, he truly does care about this franchise. Yep. And then it's not just a money grab, you know, for yeah. him, even though sometimes it feels like it, but <laughs> yeah. well, one of the nice things that I was at HQ was that I was introduced to all the, the different writers and editors yeah. and things like that. And a lot of them knew me through my site already. So my name had spread around. Oh, the office. Yeah. So like I said, you're legendary. <laughs> so, uh, funny story. So get this way in the beginning. Uh, when I was providing news to Mr. Straffy and stuff from the U S and all that, there's a story that he tells that is true to this day was that he was asking his people for some news and they couldn't get it for some, whatever, whatever reason. And it was on my news page. So he literally printed it off, <laughs> you know, walked, walked down the hall, holding the paper in the air like this. And this is how he tells it. He says, you see this? Michael knows this. How come you all don't know this? <laughs> oh, no. So uh, they so knew it, your name in so the office. It, it became a thing that for them to, to stay up to date or at least have an additional resource of knowledge. Yeah. To, you know, visit my site every now and then and get caught up on whatever news I was posting. Right. Just to keep them in the know, in the loop. Right. Yeah. You know, because like, those that work in marketing or advertising or whatever, that's their job, you know? And so that's just a funny story <laughs> that he tells. And yes, it's true. And that's what happened. Uh, Cause when I was at the HQ and we talked about it. He's like, yep, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Winks Forever podcast. Um, I have a question Um, since you have been just, I mean, for the, for the last years, like so involved with the Winx team and with Eugenio himself and stuff like that in the beginning um, to see it from literally like start 
to now 17 years later what is just in your personal opinion like your thoughts on the the state of the franchise currently like I know we've talked about how like you know season eight felt like a reboot a refresh whatever but wouldn't it have felt more like a reboot of of the series if it was um not a continuation of the same story that we've been experiencing for the past 17 years. Well, I think that's where shows like world of winks, you know, could kind of have its own storyline, but still exist in the same universe. They didn't have to follow. Yeah. The the characters were already established. So something like that worked season eight. um, I don't think I ever finished it because it didn't air here. And so I was having to find time to watch First of all, find it online. Yeah. And then secondly, time to watch it. And so I uh, I haven't seen it all. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody has their opinion, obviously. My opinion is not going to change your opinion uh, and whatnot. <laughs> but I think at the time when you were looking at the industry, uh, for example, Bratz was kind of having a, a similar reboot. Yeah. And you know, they're big on the big head, big eyes kind of thing. And there were other similar influences from other shows and so that that could have contributed to it you know we're not there we're not the decision makers we're not Mm -hmm. in the creative you know think tank you know coming up with this stuff so we don't know what ideas came up with you know what was you know thought of and then dropped or what they said okay let's do that you know we weren't there so we're seeing the finished product we didn't see the the creative work that led up to it yeah. So everybody's going to have their opinion and say, well, they should have done this. The wing should look like this. This dress should have been this color. Like, you know, yeah. Every, everyone's a critic, just like with any movie <laughs> or any TV show. You're going to have those that like it, th- those that don't. So if you didn't care for it, you know, that's your opinion. It was a major Yeah. <laughs> if you like seasons, you know, four through seven, you know, great for you too. I mean, it's all part of the same Winks family. You know, yeah. so we all have our opinions and decisions and <laughs> whatever. We can laugh about it, cry about it. And if you didn't like it, you know, okay. It's not going to make me, you know, feel less for it or anything. True. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Um, I, I've liked what I've seen. I've liked the different creative ideas. Um, even though a lot of people didn't like the second movie, I think having Pegasus in it was cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's good aspects about you know, the different parts. Some people didn't like the, the, um, the sirenics and a lot of the storyline being underwater and stuff, but they mm-hmm. got a freaking yacht. You know I mean? <laughs> they got, they were it's like the sailor outfits. I mean, like there yes, was more, the sailor outfits was more to it. Yes. Yeah, there was more to it and stuff. Yeah. So, um, I think if you lump it all together, instead of just focusing on the minutia things you don't like, yeah. I think overall you would be really happy with, you know, from where it started to how it survived and, and where it's gone. Look, we have a freaking live action show on Netflix. I know. That's number one that? in the world. How many shows can say that, right? Yes. I mean, you know, so I think if you just look at it from the overall perspective, yeah. you know, Rainbow is a billion dollar company, multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. You know, they didn't get there by putting out crappy material. I too wonder 
Um, because it feels like in recent years and especially since the Nickelodeon deal, Mm -hmm. um, kind of fell off and, um, you know, now we're kind of in this like Netflix era, if you will, um, of like, I feel like there was a, a moment in the franchise history when kind of, um, fan collaboration kind of came to a halt, um, in, in a sense, I feel like, um, there's been not a lot of, um, fan collaboration in the sense of like when they had their forums, I know that forums are so time consuming to monitor and keep safe for Mm -hmm. kids and all Mm -hmm. of that. There's so much that goes into that, but I mean, the fact that they let us publish magazines, you know, every month to the, to the website, the official, you know, website, like as fans, like that's amazing. I remember I was there. (laughs) I used to visit that site every day. Yeah, they posted something new. I wanted to know about it. And right, the fact that you exactly. could go to the different country sites yes, and, and see, and all the see different that ones. version of the official. I mean, that was cool. Yeah, yeah was absolutely. Cool. And so, and so, the fact that, like, um, I don't know, the fact that I we haven't seen, you know, a lot of that same fan interaction, that same fan collaboration as, Mm -hmm. and a lot of fans are calling for it. You know, like we have so many talented creatives in this fandom, you know, we have people from animators to storytellers, to just artists, to now podcasters, you know, collectors, like all these, all these different assets. And we all bring something different to the table, you know, um, wouldn't it be advantageous for rainbow to, you know, bring, certain fans in to collaborate or, you know, and I know that gets messy and then you get fans that are like, well, why didn't they pick me and stuff like that? And maybe that's more the vein of why they maybe stray away from it because social media is so big now and there is more room to talk like that. Um, But I I do know of instances where they have hired outside contractors, like interacting with the fan community. That's probably more on the marketing side. Yeah, uh, or the advertising side, but even that, uh, it's selective is not the right word, but they have a way of doing things. Yeah, you, you can't just, you know, reach out to some fans. Now, at one point, though, if I remember correctly, weren't there some like Winx Club YouTube or YouTubers or influencers, whatever they call yeah. themselves, um, where they sent some merchandise to them for promoting? Mm-hmm. Links Club. So yeah. that was like a nice outreach as a thank you yeah. to the fans that were actively promoting it on a social media platform that Rainbow recognized. And so that was kind of like an unofficial way of being a partner or something. Yeah, no, definitely. And I feel like there there needs to be like more of that like mm-hmm. initiative from on on Rainbow's marketing side and me of course as a digital marketer. Like I have, you know, tons of ideas and stuff that like, <laughs> well they could do this and they could do that and you know all these things. Right. Right. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah but um but yeah and i don't know i just kind of missed that fan collaboration aspect of rainbow i feel like they were really good at in the golden years of mm-hmm. um, the golden years of winks that we now refer to them as um but yeah and i and i really missed that part of the magic of it i feel like and so um i i hope well, mr Eugenio, if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah yeah it would be cool uh but again too the 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 company is expanding going yeah. in different directions. You've got 44 cats. That's real successful. We don't mm-hmm. know what else they're working on. 
was it Royal Academy? Was that the it name of the show? It was Royal Academy. They, like, Royal Academy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So and it was Royal something. Yeah. I said Royal High School, which is I think something completely I, different. I, I think they. Oh, there was a story from the licensing expo because I remember when it was Royal Academy and they changed the name to Regal Academy, and I remember asking why did they change the name. Here's what happened. So England or the Ooh. UK or whatever were causing some, you know, ruffle of feathers, if you will, to say, well, if you use Royal, that could refer to the Royal Air Force, the Royal, the royal Family. Yeah. So, so Rainbow is like, all right, we're not going to deal with these legal crap. We're just going to change the name. <laughs> and that's where the Regal Academy came. Regal Academy. Oh, my goodness. Oh my God, TBT. Yeah. Wow. I switched cheese mind here. I <laughs> <laughs> remember stuff. Well, um, I feel like this has just been so enriching, <laughs> this conversation. Thank you so much for your time and for being on the show um, for two episodes now. Um, I can't think of a better way to close out season two of my podcast. So, um, gosh, thank you again so, so well, much just for everything. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a lot of fun reminiscing some some great memories and Absolutely. sharing in uh with the fandom uh it's been fun i enjoyed my website i made it so that i would enjoy visiting it so if i would enjoy it hopefully others would enjoy it and it kind of turned out that way so that was nice um i have lots of more stories that i can share from all those years of licensing expos and seeing mattel prototypes and you know things like that so um, oh my gosh. If, if there's a chance to fit in a future schedule. I was going to say, so what you're saying is we need to have <laughs> you back on. <laughs> this has been such a fun episode. So thank you again and happy birthday tomorrow. Have a wonderful oh, thank birthday. You. <laughs> yes. At the time of this recording, my birthday is tomorrow. <laughs> yes. I get to celebrate if I go to tap class. I'm going to enjoy Yay. it. Uh, oh, tap, that's great. Birthday, so. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope you have a wonderful birthday tomorrow. Tap dance your heart out uh, in you. celebration. <laughs> and be sure to. Wow. I have it written in front of my face. I am still you missing didn't, it. You didn't clap. So, like, You're right. And that's it. Action. Mm-hmm. And. And be sure to join us for season three of the Wings Forever podcast, where we'll begin our deep dive into the first seasons of the original Wings Club series. Until then, I am Lola, and this is Michael, and this is the Wings Forever podcast. That was good. Ah, Outstanding. Okay. <laughs> Yay. All right. <laughs>